You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi everyone, we are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL, that's B-L-E-A-V in O-W-L, and Believe.com. This week, we talk about the long-anticipated Halloween event, as well as the new balance changes coming to the live servers. Okay, hello, hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Um, yeah, how, how have you been, Kevin? How's things been on your end? Uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, I've been doing a lot more casts from the Academy of Art. I've been invited to pretty much cast the rest of the uh, Overwatch TESPA Collegiate Series for the Academy of Art. So any game that they play, I'm going to be casting. Congratulations. Uh, for the next, what, I think it's, it goes on for like two more weekends and that's it. So, um, but once those are all done, we have the fun tournament that I'm going to be hosting. So, uh look forward to that how are the kazoos they're still all packaged up uh but i still have to get more candy and figure out the way how i'm going to present the punishment games because i gotta figure out if i want to do it kind of like a lottery style where i put them in like a trick-or-treat bag and have them pick it out or do i just say like this is your punishment have fun what kind of candy are you getting though okay so if you lose the match right you get but you get fun size candy and or a dumb dumb lollipop. Totally up to you. Uh, if you win the game, you get the punishment. But if you win the tournament, you win full size candy bars, twenty dollars uh, for the Blizzard store, and then a pop figure from me. Ooh, so, which pop figure? There's a lot on the line. Um, I was debating between getting the the Cthulhu Zen or the. Uh, the sentai genji Ooh, okay so depends on which one i feel like putting in the pool um or just some other overwatch stuff i could probably throw in the cookbook if i end up going and getting that oh that'd so be a we'll really see. cool gift how, how about you anything new in the world of matt i beat the untitled goose game which was fun oh how was it it was fun it was really short um it took me longer than it should have just because i'm i'm dumb and i couldn't figure out where certain items were that I needed. Um, it definitely does not apply to the dollar per hour rule that we discussed before. It's really short. Like if you actually sit down and devote yourself to playing the first run through, not counting the uh, the stuff afterward, um, 
you'll probably finish it in about an hour or two. But as an indie mm-hmm. game, it's a, it was a really cool concept. It, it goes off on a lot of the uh, the goat simulator stuff that's I think is really funny and really fun. I do wish it were longer. I mean, if you're just looking for a fun way to to pass time, that's kid friendly as well. Then Untitled Goose Game is a is a good uh, thing to invest in. An idea, though, I think for your for your punishment game, um, Bean Boozled. Have you ever tried that? Oh yeah, Th- those are uh, hit or miss. They have ones that are just all bad. <laughs> that sounds terrible. That would I think that's a really awful punishment. Like you could save that for like late rounds in the game where you have to like really ramp up the punishment. Dig your hand in and get like just a fistful of the really bad ones and stuff them in your mouth and you have to play while eating them. Or maybe I should just be like every single time you die, you have yes, to one. Yes. And just just line it up for Oh them. my god, yes. Uh <laughs> please do that. That would be, be pretty bad. <laughs> uh yeah, that that's probably like a tier three punishment. <laughs> it's not like we actually have like tier lists of how bad these things get. So like tier one is very easy. That's the kazoo one. So like you lose your comms or you lose your chair. Um but Level five is like insane. It's like you cannot play with like you have no in-game HUD. You cannot see where your crosshair is. You don't know your ultimate charge. You don't know when your abilities are off cooldown. Like, oh, man, that one. We have one where there's a cross tandem, which is one that I'm very like, I hope gets picked. But essentially, it's one person's hand is on the mouse uh, is on one mouse and the other hand's on a different keyboard. So you're controlling the movements of a different character and the aim of another character. Oh my so, god, that's yeah. These are these are I kind of it. insane. Uh yeah. So this tournament is gonna be insane. If anything, if if there's a lot of people who come and enjoy the game, it's gonna be a lot of fun. But at the same time, it's gonna be very frustrating for those who are very good at the game because they want to play the game really well, but they can't. So. <laughs> It's it's gonna be interesting. I'm so looking forward to this stream. So yeah, um, I'll I'll plug in the date that it's that will be October 27th on the Art U Esports channel. So, uh, yeah, if you guys want to check that out, it's I'll also be throwing it all over the place. All yeah, we'll we'll, media, we'll throw so. up a link on our social media yep. too. Let's get into the news. So first on our docket, the Halloween event is finally here. Yay, Halloween! I think they only gave us one day of advertisement and tweets before they said it's here, right? Yeah, it was pretty much like yesterday where they're just like, oh, wait, yeah, we're going to drop some of the stuff on you right now. And, you know, we we got the best. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For walking Zenyatta. We're not walking, but stretching. Yeah, it's just, you know. Yeah, but he's he, but standing he stood on his, feet. his feet touched the ground. Now, do you think it takes more effort for him to float or to walk? Floating probably takes less effort, but it's probably not good on his back, which is why the stretch emote is a thing. So, yeah, I really don't know. Lore-wise, do they they never explain... Well, we don't have any Zenyatta lore, really, anyway, but like, they never explain why he just floats everywhere. Like, you see Mondata walking, you see all the other Omnix walking, and then there's this, this guy, this monk, who's like, I'm too cool for the ground, I'm just going to float everywhere. Yeah, you know, sometimes gravity just doesn't apply to Omnix. Okay, so let's get into the details of this Halloween event. Unlike what we had been hoping in, 
the leaks that had been coming out, we didn't really get any new event for Halloween. It's just Junkenstein again for what is it now the fourth year in a row? Pretty much. So all the teasing potentially of uh, seeing something on Junkertown didn't happen. Back to Eichenwald. Not complaining too much. I really like this event. It's one of the my top two events. This and Archives. Did we actually get fewer skins this year? Yes, we did. Okay. So Jeff Kaplan actually announced this when I forgot what the last event was. It was Summer Games, right? Yeah, um, last event was Summer Games. Wanna, yeah. So during the Summer Games event afterwards, he said, we're not going to be releasing that many cosmetic items. We're going to be working on quality of life changes for for the game. So they want to make the game literally more playable, which I feel like I, I'm totally going to allow you to have less skins and less cosmetics. If you make the game fun, right? So that's what they're promising us is a funner game, a more balanced game at the cost of having less cosmetics during these events. But doesn't mean that we're not getting any whatsoever, which is important. We're still getting something, but it's just not as much as previous years. Right. And so what we got this year, we got one epic skin, which is the Gorgon Lucio. Um, if you don't know what a Gorgon is, it's a Greek character with snakes in their hair like Medusa. Um, we have some legendary skins. We got Pharaoh Anna, which is a she's a mummy, Warlock Ash, and I think Bob becomes a golem. I think that's yes, what it is. he does. Um, he becomes a golem. Okay, we have a Demon Arisa, which actually looks really cool. It's I think one of my favorite skins of the event. Will Wisp Tracer, uh, Scorpion Widowmaker. Uh, the really big thing that everyone's going crazy about, which we mentioned, is the stretching emote for Zenyatta, and we got two highlight intros to unlock the scream queen ash and the undertaker mccree uh what what are you most excited about for the drops that we did get so as a as a tank man i do like the orissa demon one and that's just like coming from my tank main perspective because that's the only tank skin that we got right um but in terms of aesthetic i do like the warlock ash I think the Will-O-Wisp Tracer, I think you agree with me on this, that it's it's not worth a legendary slot. It's so lazy. I think I think it belongs in an epic slot uh, with with the Gorgon Lucio. Because Gorgon Lucio, honestly, is way cooler than, than Will-O-Wisp Tracer. It's a snake's move. Like, what else do you need? Exactly. Like, all you have to do is make the snakes move and dance to the different songs. And you could consider that a legendary. Make skin. them bite a couple times, it just randomly in the air, and then I, I think that is worth something. And yeah, I do. I do think the Scorpion Widow is pretty cool too. I think for me, definitely the stretch emote I'm going to be grabbing. I really, I don't play McCree, but his Undertaker highlight intro I think is really, really cool. Um, as far as skins go, I like Anna's one. I think my the one that I will definitely do my damnness to get is the demon Arisa, and if i don't get it i'll buy it but yeah I, I think i would i would have liked to have seen something for sigma come out they added like sprays and i believe he got a victory okay. pose too um i didn't put it on i didn't put it on this list but um his victory pose is like tiny pumpkins replace oh. the balls like his okay. his spheres um and then i think i think uh Farah got one and Reinhardt got a victory pose as well. Um and then sprays wise they did all of the new characters with like the you know you know how they had like the yeah, trick-or-treating yeah. kids one which are all based off of it. Yeah, so Sigma has one. 
Baptiste has one, and uh, so there's one other. There's one other character I'm, I'm missing. Um, but yeah, everybody got everybody who didn't get one already got one now. So I think it's Hammond. Hammond may have got yeah. No, Hammond, he, Hammond he has here last he has year because sure, he had the. I think Hammond Hammond got the skin last year. Yeah, um, yeah. So who who are the three heroes that we got in between Hammond? After Hammond, Baptiste, Sigma, and Ash. It should be another DPS or something. I think it was Ash is the one that we got was after Hammond. Okay. So all of that, yeah, they they all got something out of this event, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm kind of disappointed that the loot boxes that you get from Roll Queue are not the event loot boxes. <laughs> oh yeah, they're just trying to keep people from farming. I think is what they're doing. But like, it's the event, man. It's not too like. If anything, it would it would. In, it would get more people into my tank queue, okay? Like, actually, well, that's actually a bad thing. I don't, I don't want more tanks. I, I want the, I want the insta queues. Um, you mean you don't want a fifteen-minute wait plus extra? No, I'm not a. Yeah, do you think that with these these changes? Oh well, we'll, we'll get into it later. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that when we get to patch notes. Okay. Also, we do have the weekly skin events for uh, uh, the three weeks that we do have the event. First week, um, first week's gonna is a Junkrat one where you can work up to the Inferno Junkrat. The second week is gonna be a Vampire Baptiste, and finally, the third week we get the Demon Hunter Sombra skin that a couple of years ago was locked behind the BlizzCon paywall. Um, so those are each gonna take nine wins to get. Blizzard really has a vampire thing. Yeah, they have a thing for vampires. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but like they really like their vampires. I think Baptiste would have looked better as Wolfman, personally. I can see that as well. That'd probably be a very cool, cool skin to pull off, especially on Baptiste because he has the super jump. Anyways, it's kind of like built into his uh, his skill set. So, and like if you've seen the Wolfman movies, he jumps super high. Like it, it would have been perfect. That or make them well. That could be taking it from other IPs, but you know, make them look like Blade. Oh, oh yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, I mean, they already had the the Michael Jackson's Thriller thing for Soldier seventy six. So if they could get away with it, maybe next year, Blizzard, think about it. Was there any skin from like previous years that you missed out on that you wish that you got that you're either gonna pick up this year or that you know you want to get? Oh, definitely. I I still need to pick up Farah's enchanted armor skin i did not get that last year and i was really mad so i'm getting it this year definitely the skins that i'm looking forward to potentially picking up again i missed out on totally 80 zarya i like enchanted armor farah uh, because she falls apart i think that's a really cool uh part of the part of the look and i think i got everything else that i wanted oh uh, what do you think about the fact that they made the somber skin available after the blizzcon uh it it was the blizzcon exclusive you know last year for blizzcon and now they're making it kind of a skin do you think that like demerits the people who bought the ticket or do you think that it's still like cool that you had it for like a year ahead of any everybody else who 
just trying to get it for free now. I think it's really cool that they're releasing it from a completely selfish standpoint because I really wanted that skin, but didn't want to have to buy it. I do think it cheapens the value of it if you're eventually going to release it. Uh, just because it, like they, when it was originally given out, it was supposed to be just for people who had gone to BlizzCon or who had bought that electronic ticket. I think at this point, if they keep doing this, people are just people might not buy the BlizzCon tickets and just wait for the year. I'd rather them release the Overwatch League exclusive skins uh, through an event rather than them release the BlizzCon skins because I'm. <sighs> I don't know. I, I I just think that they should keep the BlizzCon things exclusive. The Overwatch League token ones you could have bought anyway, so I don't think there would be as much of a a cheapening there. It's just like in that instance, I could see there being less of a problem with having it for a little bit longer than everybody else. But if you if you originally marketed these skins as something you could only get by going to blizzcon you should keep it that you could only get it from going to blizzcon i think that i think that's only fair yeah i totally agree with you on that that if you were to release skins kind of like this i wouldn't mind having like you know the jonak mvp skin or the flying aces skin come back at some point um but yeah the ones that are for blizzcon i feel like should be either locked behind the paywall or only allowed to be purchased for like 3000 coins during the anniversary event or something like that. Um, So that way when people want to do it, it has to be during a specific event or you know what, bring back the event specific ones like the nano cola and the best at Anna or, you know, the, I I call it health pack Baptiste because that's what he looks like. Um, you know, the ones that were Oni Genji, like things that were locked behind like timed events could also be uh, a cooler thing to release instead of having, you know, your BlizzCon exclusive skin being the being the one that's out this year. Or they could have just made one more skin. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't think it's fair to have like, I, I can imagine myself having bought that ticket with the intention of getting this skin that no one else who didn't buy it would get and then like a year later everyone who just plays the event gets it it's kind of I, w- I would feel a little miffed about that anything else halloween we need to talk about if you're playing anna you're obligated to sleep and then drop candy on people's faces that is the rule during the spooky season okay so next topic so two weeks ago in our week five episode we talked about the ptr changes that were coming to overwatch a lot of characters were getting overhauled uh, to mesh better with the 222 roll lock meta um those balance changes are now live and nothing has been omitted that makes me very happy really as a as a player and as a guy who watches like high level competitive overwatch i think that having these balance changes makes the game healthier which is something that, you know, they, they were definitely hinting towards um, since the last event. They wanted to make the game like more fun to play uh, with more variety. So we don't see the same thing over and over again. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we are getting like the Winston changes and the Diva changes. I don't think are going to bring them all the way back to 100 percent. But I feel like Dive is a little bit more viable because of the cup because of a couple of those changes. 
Do you think that this is the change of life that Jeff was talking about when he said that they were not going to be focusing on Halloween as much as changing the game? I feel like this is like one of the steps in the right direction. It's they want to make the game balanced rather than having the same meta every single day. Um, that's kind of what we've been seeing. Um, I liked it back in the day when I was talking with a couple of other casters about this. It's back in the day, the map that you picked used to determine the style of play that you would play. So for example, like Watchpoint Gibraltar is super long, right? You would like attacking teams would used to run dive comps on that all the time, just because it's a very long map and you being able to close that distance was very important. Um, but now, regardless of what map it is, you just run, you know, Arisa Sigma plus insert two DPS here plus uh, Lucio and Moira, and that's your team, right? Um, on every map. And so I feel like with these changes, it makes them not overpowered on every map, but very good on some maps. And that's what I that's the dynamic that I want to see come back to Overwatch. I mean, that's still how I play Overwatch. I still really let the map dictate who I'm going to play. You want to have every character playable at some point. Like, I don't want to have games where right now, at least it's like if you pick Winston uh, prior to this patch, people thought you were throwing like just completely. They're like, wow, Winston's garbage. Why are you picking Winston? And I'm like, because he's good on this map. And they're like, no, you have to. Are you going to play? Are you going to pick Sigma or Rissa or not? Like that, that was that was the question. But I wanted to get to a point where it could be like, okay, he's running, he's running Winston. So we could potentially run Hammond with this as well. Or like, you know, you could run specific things for the specific map. And that's what I'm really looking forward to. I feel like Jeff is delivering on his promise to make the game healthier. I want this game to become balanced in the way where every hero is viable at some point. I just don't like the fact that, you know, every every single time that there's a change, it's just like, you know, this this is the way how it has to be played. So um, I feel like the only other thing that they could change that would make the game kind of reminiscent of the past is to bring back the old armor changes rather than it being minus five damage off of the initial. It's uh I think it was like for every tick you subtract a certain amount. Um, that way characters don't get just like insta bursted like Winston um, and like armor actually matters. Uh, same thing with Reinhardt and any and Brig. Um, just revert the armor changes and then I think we'll be almost to the point where the game will be balanced again. I, I really hope that this makes the game where there's an alternative to the set meta if you want to win because every single time you go on online to an overwatch page it's like you see how people saying the game is dead the game is dead the game is dead hopefully this proves that the game isn't dead hopefully this makes it more fun and brings people who left back to the game it will also be up to the pro scene too um i feel like if they find out that teams can run these compositions at a high level players in the lower like branches of overwatch will learn that it works there too so if the pros let's say if the pros start diving on gibraltar all over again like everybody's going to start diving on gibraltar again 
um it's not something that's going to be out of the question it's just going to be something that's that's there as an option okay i didn't actually put this initially on our list of things to talk about but very briefly wanted to note that overwatch came out for the switch today i know i know a lot online a lot of people have been downloading and talking about it one of the big news items that i've seen about it is that if you buy the physical game it doesn't actually come with a physical game. It comes with a download code. It just gives you the case. I don't understand it at all. Like, I understand the point of having a physical presence in the store. But if you want, if you were just going to give them a download code anyway, just make it the card only instead of wasting all that plastic. Or, like, or give somebody something for buying this plastic case with nothing in it but a download code. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Not gonna lie, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a physical copy of a game, make sure that it is an actual physical copy of the game. Otherwise, yeah, just make it a download code. Like nobody's just gonna buy a fifty dollar box, okay? Unless there's something in it. Like if you said if you buy the physical copy, you get either in-game currency or like free skins that are only exclusive to that or you know or like an art piece or something yeah literally anything else other than you know a just a download code and a plastic case would have been fine like i I, i'm someone who really likes having the physical thing like i only buy the download code when it's the only option like goose game it's not a physical thing it's only download so okay i'll do it then but uh, this is just kind of dumb in every way, shape, or form. I, th- I think mainly it has something to do with trying to cut down on the resale market. Because, that I mean, that's something that's been going on for a long time. Uh, Xbox tried to do it a couple years ago with the Xbox One, but it completely backfired and gave them a lot of bad PR. But I think this is maybe a, a quieter way of integrating that business strategy into the marketplace. Yeah, I totally agree with buying the game physically. It's something, at least for me as as a gamer, having not just having the case, but also having the cartridge to like say like, hey, I can. I'm just gonna put this in my game now. It's something that proves that you actually went to a store and bought it. Um, you you took time out of your day to go and get this game. Um, compared to just being like, it helps the economy too. Yeah, and. I do agree with like there's some games that are only download which you know like Goose Game for me it was like Valhalla Cyberpunk Bartender Action that's one of the games that was download only and or River City Girls is another one that was only uh, download I believe so those kind of games like yeah you have to buy from the market but if you can buy a physical copy and you know you could share it with a friend you can do all that that is it's more fulfilling for me at least right like we grew up with having the physical thing like it you can take it to a friend's house and put it in their system or what you can you can sell it you can trade it you can let someone else borrow it i don't know i'm just i'm just not really behind the whole digital downloading thing yeah kids these days don't understand what physical copies are Back in my day, I had to blow the cartridge when it didn't work. They will never understand those Game Boy Advance days where, like, or the Nintendo 64 cartridges, man. Just, it doesn't work. Just blow into it, put it back in. Like, and then it worked every time. They don't have that luxury of blowing into a cartridge anymore. They have to just <laughs> turn it off and turn it back on again. It's not the, it's not the same. 
No, not at all. I have been hearing things about Overwatch on the Switch that it's it's not the same experience as playing it on the other consoles or on PC. Like, of course, the the frame rate is a, is thirty, so it doesn't look as smooth. I've heard that it runs better on the handheld version as opposed to docked. Um, but also, I've heard that the motion aiming still needs a little bit of work. It's not as smooth as other games like Splatoon. Uh, they made they really made a big deal about it with the coming of the Overwatch game to the Switch. I've never personally been big on motion control aiming, um, but I know that you said in Splatoon it it worked really well. What are your thoughts on this aspect of the port? So I saw a video recently about this. Um, the gyroscopic aim is kind of an extra tool that's used rather than like you know the primary way of aiming. But people were saying, like, when it came to hit scan heroes and projectile heroes, it felt a little weird, which is kind of, you know, kind of the main way how you deal damage. But they were saying that people who played, this is me, dive tanks really feel the joy of having gyroscopic aim. Now, the reason for that is on console, um, on consoles, when you're using your joysticks and stuff like that. In order to do like a Winston hop, it's easier for PC players, but you have to look straight up or like t- like literally flick your wrist upwards in order to like look up and get a higher jump, right? You can you have that luxury on the Switch when you have it in handheld version. So you can flick your screen up and then do the do the jumps and the hops um and have that ability. So People who are saying like, oh yeah, Winston feels very good on the Switch and so does Hammond because you can literally change your perspective depending on where you're swinging the gyroscopic aim. So it goes in favor of some other heroes, mainly the tanks. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how DPS players adjust to this um, and healers adjust to this. But it says that, you know, tanks wise, you're going to have a blast, which, you know, doesn't make me want to play it on the switch but it makes me kind of curious okay um so really quickly i said last week that i would try at least one recipe from the overwatch cookbook and i did have you have you been able to take a look or pick it up yet no i'm trying to figure out what day i can go out to bards and ovals and pick it up okay well let us know when you do and when you try some of these recipes as i said before in our last episode, the cookbook is broken up into different continents and different characters per continent. There are about two or three recipes for each hero. Um, the one that I made this week was moqueca or moqueca. I don't know how to pronounce it because I can't speak Portuguese. It's a fish and shrimp stew from Brazil. Of course, this is a Lucio recipe. Um, it calls for whitefish. Limes, olive oil, onions, jalapenos, garlic, uh, fish or chicken stock, tomatoes, coconut milk, 10 shrimp, and parsley or coriander to garnish. I made this after work two days ago, and it really it wasn't too difficult to make. It was really fast. You could find all the ingredients really easily at a supermarket. I went to my local Ralph's. Um, the cooking time is approximately 40 minutes. When I finished it, it really didn't look anything like the picture, unfortunately, but it still tasted really good. 
I think that the dominant flavor of it was the coconut milk with a little bit of lime coming through because I think I might have used a little bit too much lime. I'm normally not a big fish fan, but the flavor of the the lime and the fish together really worked well. It was a, it was a fun experience. I haven't cooked in a while. So finding an excuse to try cooking and being able to incorporate it with Overwatch was really cool. I was talking with the Overwatch team at the Academy of Art and they kind of want to do like a cook-off thing where they try to make one of the recipes and then just see who has the better one. Um, but it really depends on what's in the recipe book and what they're potentially capable of making since I have never seen any of them cook well. <laughs> and they just tell me about their their really sad dinners. And I'm like, okay, you know what? You know, see, I think that would make it funnier. It would be funnier to watch them, but like at the same time, I I'm kind of sad to see them struggle. Uh, like one of, one of the players, I'm not I'm not gonna call him out, but Kairos, uh, <laughs> he made <laughs> he made peanut butter spaghetti. Okay, like it, you what? just he just made noodles and put peanut butter on it. I'm like, dude, that's not that's not a meal. That's just sad. Uh, <laughs> That sounds like an abomination. <laughs> it's best to apologize to all the pasta for that. It, you apologize to the pasta or the, to the peanut butter or both. I mean, I, I said both. So I'm like, dude, okay, I'm going to come over and I'm going to make you food. And so I made him like <laughs> real food. And he's like, man, I wish I could cook like this. So now we get to see that guy try to go after something that's, uh, you know, in a cookbook. And probably looks way better than what he could ever do. So we got to balance out the team in terms of cooking ability too. All right, let's let's move on. We we talked about the Hong Kong incidents last time we casted, and then immediately after we finished recording and I finished uploading and editing, more stuff happened. So just to recap, on October sixth, there was a professional hearthstone game played out of hong kong and one of the players who won blitzchung made a comment that he supported the um the protests that were going on in hong kong um blizzard which is owned partially by tencent which is a chinese corporation um they they saw the stream they punished blitzchung because he did breach contract which said not to do anything on stream that would cause blizzard to get in trouble or to damage its image um so they stripped blitzchung of his winnings they stripped him of his title they said he was banned for a year and they also fired the two casters who were interviewing him at the time uh so that's what happened last week uh a lot of stuff has happened since then um so i guess we'll just kind of try to go chronologically through all this mess. Um, This part isn't strictly related to Overwatch, but our friend Zed, who performed at the Overwatch Grand Finals and who himself is a big fan of Overwatch, he received a permanent ban from China for liking a South Park tweet that was mocking China for its its, uh, censorship practices. Um, I believe what happened was uh, he was supposed to perform in China and then he was taken off the list by his promoter because China told them that if Zed 
is not taken off, then they are never going to allow any of those acts that were supposed to go with him and that promoter to come in China again. I, I thought the South Park episode was pretty funny. Uh, uh, it, it's pretty, it's pretty bad, but it's, um, it does go over kind of this whole, uh, you know, the whole controversy in Hong Kong in general. Um, but I also think that this is kind of a little bit of an overreaction on China's part. Just the fact that, you know, he'll, he likes a show. He liked a tweet that a show put out and then they're just going to like permaban him. Um, even though they probably have like fans, um, I understand like if China's really trying to protect their image this way, but you know, it's not necessarily looking good for them. I think it does the opposite of protect their image. It kind of validates every single joke and stereotype that South Park is making about you at this point. You're proving them right. Exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're playing into the hand of South Park by doing this, which is ironic but also kind of funny anyway another thing that happened last week was brian kibler who is a professional caster for the hearthstone scene who is himself a very big figure in the trading card game world uh decided that in support of blitzchung in support of the hong kong uh the people of hong kong he was going to walk away from the professional casting scene for hearthstone uh, this week, another caster decided that they were going to follow the same route. Um, Nathan Admiral Zamora is the second uh, caster to quit because of the way that Blizzard has handled this. Other companies are taking note of what's happening and trying to prevent the same things from happening to them. Riot Games, which publishes League of Legends, has strictly forbidden players and casters from mentioning politics whatsoever on the air. Um, Epic Games, which created Fortnite and is running that, is taking a complete opposite route. They, uh, let's see, Tim Sweeney, who I believe is the head of Epic Games, said that Epic supports the rights of Fortnite players and creators to speak about politics and human rights. So they're taking the stance that you can say whatever you want and we won't ban you at all. Uh, so two very interesting ways to go about this from other companies. I feel like both of these companies are doing what's good for them. I mean, Riot has a really big presence in China right now. So putting the like massive ban hammer on this is going to be playing into the favor of their audience, their China, like their big money China audience, um, but not necessarily like the Hong Kong players themselves. So we don't know if that's going to play into their their player base. We'll see if, how Riot Games handles this. Um, meanwhile, Epic Games with Fortnite, I feel like that could also backfire on you too because uh, having free speech, like although it is very like you know pro democracy, something that we uh, as people of the United States are lucky to have the freedom of speech this way. Um, I feel like this is good for Epic Games. Um, to just kind of say, you know what, we we support this, but at the same time, like it can get to a point where they could say something that really offends like their player base, and they have no way of responding to it. So, Riot is just taking the full on hammer. Epic, on the other hand, is saying, you know what, we'll just let it go. Um, but 
there there's pluses and minuses to both sides, but uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. On October 11th at 8 p.m., Blizzard the, the reports about Blizzard's response to all this finally came through. Um, this is this is five days after the initial incident happened. Um, what Blizzard decided to do was they decided that they're going to give Blitzsheng back the prize money because uh, he didn't do anything during the actual gameplay that could in any way validate him not being able to claim that title and claim the money. So they decided to give that back to him. They claim they, they, they claim that they understand that he should not have been punished severely as he was. They understand that they might've overreacted a little bit and they reduced his suspension to six months. Um, Blizzard president J Allen Brack um, said he, he issued a statement on his own. He, on behalf of Blizzard, uh, he said that the support of Hong Kong wasn't the issue. It was just that he made a political statement in general and that if he had made the opposite statement, then it would have been the same result. Let me see if I can find the actual quote from him. He said, the specific views expressed by Blitzchung were not, in capital letters, N-O-T, a factor in the decision we made. I want to be clear, our relationship with China had no influence on our decision. If this had been the opposing viewpoint delivered in the same divisive and deliberate way, we would have felt and acted the same. And then Blitzchung himself uh, released a statement. He said that he knew that he might have a penalty or consequences for his actions. And going forward, he said, I will be more careful on that and express my opinions or show my support to Hong Kong on my own personal platform. Um, He said he was glad that Blizzard reversed it. Um, He also still said that six months is still a long time. He's not sure he'll come back to Hearthstone. He said, honestly, I have no idea on that yet since my next tournament is very likely to be in the Grandmaster tournament of next season. Um, I'll take this time to decide if I want to stay in competitive Hearthstone or not. I don't know if I strictly believe what Brack said about if it had been a pro-China statement, they would have acted the same way that they did. If I were Blitzchung, I don't know if I'd come back being the center of this controversy. But then again, I know I do know people who have been at the center of kind of organization-wide controversies, um, and they still came back to it. So I, I don't know what Blitzchung is going to do. I do wish the best for him. So as of right now, we only know that at the point that he breached the contract, it does say in the Hearthstone um, rulebook specifically that at Blizzard's discretion, bring you bring into the public anything that would offend a person or group um, cause damage to Blizzard. Blizzard's image will be the removal from the Grandmasters and the reduction of prize uh, money down to zero dollars. So, in other words, you know, just take away, strip the prize money and disqualification. Um, I do understand that they were just following protocol at that point. Like it's just something that they did. Um, it may seem like a knee jerk reaction, which is kind of something that we've had experience with in the Overwatch community with XQC. Um, it was kind of something that just happened and you're just like, okay, well, this is something that like now they're quite stepping the line. Um, I don't 
feel like they were taking sides. I feel like they honestly would have done the same regardless of which side he like supported. Um, they were just following the rules that they put into place. Um, I feel like it was a good idea that they rolled it back. Um, they rolled it back a little bit. Like they still, they gave him back his money and they reduced the penalty to six months, which is, which is half of the amount of time. Um, but it does also show that like they're being less strict with the rules that they did set in place. So um, it's kind of on the wall. Like it's 50, 50 here. Like, I feel like if you set rules, you should stick by it. But I do understand that getting the backlash from Hong Kong and all of China, like the, the democratic movement from China, like losing that whole part of your player base is important and is important to them. And, by doing this they're kind of retaining it but i don't know if it will uh if it will continue on i mean they they did what we said last week would be the best way for them to remedy the situation um i just think that five days five whole days for them to come up with that response obviously we don't know what happened behind the scenes what kind of negotiations had to happen what talks happened between um tencent and blizzard and everybody else but from the public side looking in which is sometimes all that matters public opinion five days is such a long time without any response from blizzard not even a we're looking into the situation we'll respond back just like radio silence for five days is so long especially with the internet the way that it is yeah, I do feel like they did do damage to their own image in that way of going radio silent. It's one of those moments where actually being open and giving people more information than they need to is important, um, especially from a, a PR standpoint. Um, and when it came down to Blitzchung specifically, it's important to let people know like, hey, we are looking into this rather than just being quiet the entire time. Um I felt like Blizzard could have handled this a little bit better um, by just being open with us, being open with the public. But if, uh, I mean, what what's done is already done. We're going to remember this. They remedied the situation well, but the fact that they were radio silent hurt them a lot more. So it's, what, but whatever's done is done. We can't really change that. Um, I remember last week you you said that sports doesn't exist in a vacuum. And I just brought up, an, I found an article right now from The Verge. And apparently like this worked its way up to the US politicians. Like senators were actually condemning Blizzard for bowing to China. Um, I know Senator Ron Wyden from Oregon said that uh, Blizzard was showing it's willing to humiliate itself to please China. Uh, Marco Rubio said something very similar. Um, I just thought that was very interesting that th- this was something that happened all the way in Hong Kong with a video game company in esports, and it's gotten to the point of United States politicians. Yeah, it just shows that how much power esports is slowly growing in our society. Like we are the next generation of you know sports watchers, and it just so happens to be video game sports. So knowing that this is reaching you know u.s tables we you know we saw the other half of it being interviews with jimmy fallon and stuff like that we're slowly going to be taking over the market and we know that it's going to happen so i hope that blizzard 
fixes their uh, fixes their stance um, with whatever they decide to do with this. I'm glad that they rolled back Blitz Chung's whole whole deal, um, but I feel like it's more important that we're having the dialogue um, that we we all have to pitch in, and that you know esports is not in a vacuum either. It there are underlying issues that are being brought up through these through these games. So a, a big part of this entire scenario had to do with economics. A report from October 11th by Variety said that Blizzard's stock rose 2% after all this happened to five, $54.82 a share. And economics, I think, was one of the biggest concerns about all of this. I think it's why a lot of this all happened because Tencent, a Chinese company, does own, I think, about... 4.5% of uh, Blizzard stock. And that totals to about, I think what I looked up was $2 billion. And on top of that, you have to think of all the Chinese players that exist for all of Blizzard games, uh, the Chinese teams in Overwatch League, all those Chinese players. There's there's so much money here at stake. And I think that the fact that Blizzard's stock recovered from that I think it, it kind of validated them in what they did. So this was a, a news release that I saw yesterday. Um, in New York City, the Nintendo World Store was supposed to have a big party for, to celebrate the release of Overwatch on the 16th of October. Um, the first 150 people who were going to sign up in RSVP to be there were going to get the chance to meet the Overwatch voiceover actors. I, I don't know which one specifically, but yesterday, uh, Nintendo World issued a tweet saying that Blizzard had canceled that event. It's probably a smart move at this point because all you can really see on the internet is people planning on boycotting BlizzCon. And you never know how people are. You never know if people are going to actually show up to events like that and do that. Um, I think this was a, a good call on Blizzard and Nintendo just as a safety issue and it's it's PR that they don't need surrounding Overwatch, nothing negative because the worst thing that could happen with two weeks left to BlizzCon is something bad happening at the launch party for Overwatch. Yeah, I totally agree that like canceling this specific event was kind of good on their part. I'd rather have, you know, the voice actors be safe and record more voice lines later down the line rather than have like a straight up riot at the release party by canceling this party. They did dodge a bullet. And if anything, they could easily make up for it at BlizzCon and just say like, you know what? We're just going to have a bigger party here. Uh, you could even have like a mini just overwatch on the switch tournament um, rather than anything else. So that way you get more players playing on the switch. Um, and you also get to celebrate the release. The last uh, topic that we have so far in this saga is that in spite of everything, Hong Kong decided that yes, they are going to send a team to the world cup. Um, the Hong Kong team fire dragons confirmed through Twitter that they would be representing their country at the overwatch league world cup. So here, here's the complete statement from the fire dragons through their Twitter. The past few months have been very challenging for everyone on Team Hong Kong. 
and it has been very difficult to stay focused on our Overwatch program. We have tried our best to ensure that all of our players can prepare without distraction, but this is not an easy task, especially with the recent news surrounding Blitzjump. It was very sudden and very jarring. After a deep discussion with our players, we believe that the chance to represent Hong Kong spirit and values on the global stage is too valuable to give up. While it could be more comfortable for us to shy away from this event, we believe it is more important now than ever to ensure that everyone sees the faces of players on our team, the faces of Hong Kong people proud representing their country. Therefore, Team Hong Kong has confirmed with Blizzard that we will be attending the 2019 Overwatch World Cup. Thank you to our staff who have worked diligently with their roles throughout the current recent turmoil surrounding them. To the global Overwatch community, we are humbled and grateful to have received your generous support from here at home and from abroad. Your support has enabled us to travel without the burden, and we are incredibly thankful for it. Your support has helped us master the cur- muster the courage to take on this journey. As they say in Overwatch, the world could always use more heroes. Thank you for answering the call and standing with us. See you at BlizzCon. So Hong Kong is going to be at Blizzard World Cup. China will be at Blizzard World Cup. Do you think that Hong Kong being there and present will have a positive or negative impact on any protests that we might see around BlizzCon? Uh, I feel like it would be better. I feel like, if anything, it just shows that, you know, China is still going to be present in the Overwatch scene. There's a reason why we have three three Chinese teams now four three four Chinese teams um in the Overwatch League they they definitely have stakes in the game and now that we get to see them at least show their best players on the world stage I feel like it's very important for them especially right now once again sports does not exist in a vacuum with them showing up here it's gonna be something that will probably go down in the history books if anything um, in terms of esports, it'll prove that you know this is this could be a political statement, um, but we won't know until they finally show up and uh, what they do. But I'm glad that at least they're not shying away from the call. They're going to be playing their best, uh, their best Overwatch. I don't know how it would have looked if China showed up and Hong Kong didn't. I think that the only move that they really could have made was. To show up, what if China and Hong Kong end up at as the final two? Well, it's going to be more more of a political statement than anything. I think it would. First of all, it would be insane. The the everybody and their grandmas will be watching that fight. Exciting times in the world of Overwatch, and just kind of in the world in general. Yeah. So uh, unless there's anything else, I think that wraps it up for us this week. Yep, other than that, I would have to say, if anybody watched the Gauntlet, the Tier 2 Overwatch scene, Talon Esports did some amazing stuff. Just going all the way from the loser's bracket, kind of having an SF Shock reminiscent kind of run, kind of powered through a lot of people, but uh, once again, they got held up by Element Mystic, which is um, one of the stronger Korean teams. We don't know of any you know, additional expansion teams, plus with the whole free agency market, if any of these players will be joining uh, next year. So we will see uh, if any of the players from the Gauntlet or any of the Tier 2 scenes will be moving on up into the Overwatch League. And then 
on an even smaller scale. Tier 3 Overwatch will start up pretty soon. The Oba Division season's about to start. I know a couple of my friends personally are going to be playing on a couple teams, so um, I'm just saying congratulations to Sash um, for getting picked up by Tidal Esports. Really glad to see that him. Um, he's been working his butt off in order to get there, and I'm glad to see that. And then a whole bunch of people from the Academy of Art are also getting picked up from for tier three teams and and uh if they get into the league uh hopefully they could get me some connection so if uh if one of the casters die or fall over or you know just fall off the face of the earth accidentally um i i will be able to fill in that spot so <laughs> it is spooky season yeah. you never know witchcraft is spook season man you know you, you never know um but even though the big overwatch stuff is kind of on pause until blitzcon itself if you guys want more overwatch content feel free to watch uh the tespa series um the overwatch collegiate varsity series i'll be hosting that with ru esports and we get to watch some more of the uh college teams duke it out all right well thank you for tuning in this week um and we will see you next week hopefully with some more fun news in the world of overwatch Hopefully not just all depressing stuff about Hong Kong. Next week, we talk about Overwatch World Cup news, as well as our predictions for BlizzCon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Like what you hear? Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. That's B L E A V in OWL. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to send us an email at Believe in OWL at gmail.com. Interested in advertising with the show? Please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.